The 2024 Reese's Senior Bowl had the most talent this All-Star game has had in years. Who stole the show last week in Mobile, Alabama? All that and more coming your way on this Thursday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Eagles fans. I'm Louis DiBiase, host of the Locked On Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making us your first listen each and every day. You can find my work also over at Bleacher Report on today's edition of Locked On Eagles. The Eagles should be very interested in prospects that participated in this year's Senior Bowl at many positions of need on both sides of the ball. Damian Parson of Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Network, he's going to help me dive into specific prospects that should be on Howie Roseman's radar after having a big week in Alabama. Today's episode of Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use our code in all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I got back from Alabama a few days ago and Again, compared to the last few years, and the Senior Bowl has churned out some pretty good talent on both sides of the ball over the last few seasons. But last year, too, because the Super Bowl was going on, it was Eagles-Chiefs at the time, and it didn't look like the Eagles had a whole lot of needs. Like There wasn't a lot of focus on the All-Star game compared to this year where Howie Roseman has his work cut out for him on both sides of the football. And when you look at just on paper, because, again, last year... it. Actually, it was a pretty solid classic. Look at wide receiver. I mean, Tank Dell came out of the Senior Bowl and uh, Puka Nakua. It was pretty strong there. But this year on paper and then to see them show out in practice, like this class was loaded on both sides of the ball, especially in the trenches, tackles on the offensive line, defensive linemen as well, cornerback, wide receiver. There's a lot to take away from the All-Star game, and Gino and I covered it a little bit last week, but I want to dive deeper into the Senior Bowl from a different perspective, get some winners from Damian Parson of our Lockdown NFL Draft podcast. He's also a national scout over at the Draft Network. Want to see who he thought stole the show in Alabama. So let's get into the interview now right here on the Lockdown. On Eagles podcast. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back in. Joined now by the host of the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast, also national scout over at the Draft Network, doing some awesome work for the draft down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. It's Damian Parson here to recap the Senior Bowl with me. Damian, thanks so much for joining us. I know you're a busy man. Oh, no, no problem. I have no problem coming to talk to, you know, Fly Eagles, Fly Eagles Nation, man. So I have no problem with it at all. Yeah. So this year compared to last year, Damian, the Eagles have a lot more holes on paper, I think on both sides of the football, especially on defense. So I definitely want to get into some defensive prospects with you. But what did you think of the overall crop of prospects down in Mobile this year compared to maybe the last few years? Oh, I think it, I think this was probably one of their more stacked, one of the more loaded rosters, just top to bottom, offense and defense. Of course, the quarterback play compared to the last two years, just much better. We can talk about Spencer Rattler, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, you know, those guys, Joe Milton, even just a physical talent that he is, even though he needs some polish as a passer, just the unbridled talent was much better. The trench was like, especially on both sides of the ball, especially offensive tackle was great. And then we still had some guys that pulled out late, like Troy uh, Faltanu from Washington mm. and, know just byron murphy the second interior d lineman from texas there was still a couple big name guys that the last minute said hey man 
we're going to go ahead and not show up or, you know, whether it was like a nagging injury, they want to make sure that they were healed up for the combine or they just got a call from their agent and say, you know what, let's just call it hold off until Indianapolis. Yeah. But it, it, I think roster wise, this has probably been the best roster of the last, what, three, maybe four to five years. Sure. And Damian, the Eagles need a lot of help at, you look at defense, the second and third level, cornerback, linebacker, safety, but we also know general manager Howie Roseman, 99% of the time with those top picks in the first two rounds, he goes with the trenches. And I feel like, as you mentioned, with the offensive tackle group, the defensive line as well, it felt like that was kind of the strength of the group down there. And is it maybe the strength of the entire draft class again? Oh, uh, yeah. Offensive office tackle especially, right? Yeah. So I think the two deepest positions – in this class are offensive tackle and then a wide receiver. But the interior D-line is probably that next t- that very next group where you look at guys that, you know, from a Ruko Roro from Clemson, Byron Murphy, who I mentioned earlier, Tavondre Sweat, who was down in Mobile, the big 6'4", 360-pound defensive tackles, Jerzon Newton from Illinois. Like this, this interior D, Tyler Davis from the other interior defensive lineman from Clemson, he was also down there. So, this interior defensive line group is outstanding. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot more, I think I would say like the 6'1-ish, 6'2-ish, 305, 300-pound guys that are more three techs that's going yeah. to like really rush the passer. But like you can definitely put them alongside another bigger nose tackle and let those guys help in the run game. But I think like if a team needs to act, like beef up their front, this is a good class to do so. No, I totally agree. Regardless of position, though, at the Senior Bowl, was there maybe one prospect? And there were a lot of guys I thought that shined, but was there a guy specifically that stood out to you more than anybody else throughout the week, especially at practice? Oh, man, got to be cornerback from Toledo, Quinion Mitchell. I thought you were going to say him. I agree. Um, You know, sat down and interviewed this young man, uh, intelligent, competitive, right? He, he He plays... He came in like I think he that's something he told me in the interview. Like I came in with a chip on my shoulder because playing at Toledo, first thing people are gonna say, well, small school, poor competition. But you know, if you go back to twenty twenty two, he played against Marvin Harrison Jr. He yeah. covered him one on one, right? So it's like that's the creme de la creme at the wide receiver position, you know, in all of college football. So this young man came out with a point to prove. Uh, he talked about it. man. I, we play a lot of cover four. I, I won. I was excited to have the chance to line up one on one, man to man, and line up at the line of scrimmage, impress man, and and really showcase my ability. And he did that well. You talking about battling at the catch point? He has arguably the best ball skills of the corners in this class. Mm-hmm. A guy that's really quick twitch. His his click and close is outstanding. So it's like you know he almost had a pick. I think it was in teams uh, on maybe day one where he's yeah. kind of like playing off. And then he like flips his hips and drives on the un- on the outbreaking route, and it was like just a game of inches that it wasn't in his hands. And I was like, man, I was about to go back for six. So yeah. like he's one of those guys that he he gives you that scheme versatility, that coverage versatility, where it's like, you know what, you can play cover four, you can play cover two, you can play man to man, you can play off man, you can play a lot of cover three if you like. You can do run different things with him in your defense, and that's what's so appealing about this young man's uh, talent and skill set. And I believe he's probably going to hit sub four fours. Don't quote me on it, but that's kind of where the the talk has been. Yeah, around Quinion Mitchell uh, come Indianapolis. Eagles fans are going to be excited to hear about that. He's the favorite right now for mock drafts you see all across draft Twitter. So, and Eagles they. Desperately need cornerback help this year. Yeah. Darius Slay, maybe in his last year. I don't know if James Bradbury will be back. So Quinion Mitchell is also a playmaker, and the Eagles 
did not last year after losing Chauncey Gardner Johnson did not have a nose for turnovers in the secondary. Um, does Mitchell remind you of anybody? I mean, I think as you mentioned, he kind of answered some questions with playing more press man throughout the week in mobile, mm-hmm. but also a great zone corner with, as you mentioned, maybe the best ball skills of the class. Like, does he give you vibes of anybody in the NFL already? Yeah, the, the the duo down uh, over in Cleveland. You know, the thing about Greg Newsom Jr. and, um, Love that. and Denzel Ward. Yeah, he reminds me. I think he's, I think he's built similar to uh, Greg Newsom, who I think Greg is a little bigger than Denzel, if I remember correctly, in terms mm. of height, weight, and everything. But the athleticism of similar to Denzel, where Denzel was the better athlete of the two. So you're talking about being able to mirror match guys, <clears throat> flip, turn, uh, transition so quickly and smoothly. And, and just a guy that I'm, I'm telling you now, this is a young man that's going to continue to evolve his game. You know what I mean? And, and what I loved about him, and I, and I talked with, uh, you know, Wig on Locked on Jacks about this. Like, yeah, this young man talked to me about, like, listen, I'm going to test the waters against bigger guys. I got to figure out when I'm lined up and press, I'm going to figure it out. He's like, yeah, if they're too strong and they're too physical, I know that I got to step back and, and change my approach and not meet them in the contact window where you see yeah. some guys, they're just super physical. And it's like, man, playing against a 6'4", 220-pound wide receiver, yeah. or even playing against a Jamar Chase who thrives off of physicality. No, you got to you gotta back off, play some soft press, soft shoe, make these guys dictate pace. You make them get into their stem so you can get into their hip pocket quicker rather than trying to wrestle with them at the line of scrimmage because then they, they, they toss you. And now they're going vertical, and that's a 60-yard touchdown For sure. that you didn't want to give up. So I, I love like, kind of listening to him kind of talk about his process and how different it is compared to the skills that the receiver he's facing. Mm-hmm. This, I, I think this is going to be an outstanding pro cornerback. Today's episode of the Locked On Eagles podcast is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventures could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to that next level. They got the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive Google built-ins is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone, Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into your 12-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. That has room for up to eight people, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com today. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Guys, want to let you know that Lockdown has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown plus our national shows covering every league. So find the Lockdown Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. Were there any other cornerbacks that made some money this week, do you think? Because Mitchell was definitely the standout. I think everybody knows that. But anybody else that looked good in the secondary, at corner especially? Oh, yeah. A guy that, like, he doesn't get a lot of talk in this class right now. Um, but there's two. <clears throat> First of all, J- Jarvis Brownlee from uh, Louisville, transferred yeah. from Florida State. 
uh, heading into this season. And man, I remember watching this tape at Florida State last year, and I was like, he should probably come out. Like this kid's good. You know what I mean? He 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 goes back to school. He transfers to Louisville. Has a good season. Then he comes on the mobile, and you're talking about physicality, ball skills, route recognition. Uh, knows how to read, especially in, in zone. In the in the actually in the game Saturday, I was on the sideline watching, and he picked off Sam Hartman, where he just yeah. kind of dropped off into zone, sat, read his spot, saw the receiver in his area, and I don't think he expected Sam to throw the ball to him, but Sam let it go, so he went and got it right. But he battled with Xavier uh, Leggett, the six foot one. 225 pound receiver out of South Carolina. Those two had some really nice battles. He battled with the bigger receivers. He battled with the smaller guys. And like the ball skills are there. I think he won the um, defensive player of the week for his team. Yeah. Uh, voted by the, the the offense and everything. Like this is a, he had an outstanding week and I think he made himself some money. And a guy that could, from Kentucky, man, Andrew Phillips, uh, got it. Uh, to me, I think his best ball is going into the NFL where now, you know, being down in Mobile, you saw, I was able to see him. And that was one of my questions. They didn't play him a lot in press. So it was a lot, you know, off, a lot of zone, stuff like that. But yeah, he had reps against Johnny Wilson. This kid's like 5'11. Johnny Wilson 6'7. Yeah. You're talking about being in the hip pocket, timing your jump, being physical, turning and locating the football in man-to-man coverage. I think this kid has like, and he's not, he's he's willing to step in and be a uh participant in run support i absolutely love what he did this week uh, i think you know they threw a couple flags on because like he's he was a little handsy quote unquote i think it was ticky tack but either way yeah. like i think this this is a young man who had a good week and i think you know he's supposed to be uh in in indianapolis i think the combine is gonna be be, be big for him because if he goes out there and does his thing his yeah. name will really start to uh shine amongst uh the draft community Damien, you mentioned a guy by name, and I always get interested in these prospects that are, you know, six five plus and have this crazy wingspan at positions that maybe you're not used to that. And you mentioned Johnny Wilson of Florida State. Another guy I noticed down there was James Williams, the safety from Miami, played a lot of linebacker. Like, what do you think about those prospects, how they project to the next level? Like, how do you use them, especially Wilson? Because I was watching him in practice too at receiver, and I'm like, is he more of a tight end? Can he separate at the next level? But there are some traits that if those guys hit, they have physical abilities that not everybody has, and just the upside looks incredible. Yeah, well, Johnny Wilson, man, like, you know, I think the first day, I think a lot of the guys were kind of, and I'm, I talked to a lot of them, he was like, man, just trying to knock that rust off, man. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just that first time competing in a while. And, like, day two, Johnny Wilson, to me, really took a step. And, like, you know, they put him up against Javon Bullard, who's, like, a 5'10 safety mm. from Georgia and a quick twitch kind of guy. Line up one-on-one. And Johnny beat him at the line of scrimmage, quick-footed. Um, he beat uh, Jalen Simpson, who's a twitchy athlete, corner safety hybrid from Auburn. And so for me, it's like I think he can absolutely play wide receiver. And I tweeted out yesterday, I'm playing him everywhere, right? You think about going to some empty sets and not sure. putting a tight end on the field, I'm putting him in that tight end alignment, t- close to the line of scrimmage. He's like number three t- from the sideline. He's a guy close to the actual to, to the tackle, whether it's right or left, because I want a safety to walk down or I want a linebacker to walk down yeah. in those situations, right? Because the game in the NFL is all about creating mismatches. So I want him to be that mismatch option where, yeah, I can play him outside. I can play him in the in the slot. I can play him reduced down uh, closer to the line to the to the actual formation to the offensive line. And I think that you can get the best out of him. Six seven, legit six 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 seven. His, looks arms, like <laughs> his arm length is outstanding. Like, just to watch him just – I remember taking a picture of him just kind of warming up. He was just standing there, and I'm pretty sure he could touch his knees just from standing. Like, his arm talent, is, his arm length is crazy. And then 
you know, you know, just kind of looking at what he brings. And James Williams is going to be an interesting case. I felt like the senior yeah. bowl wasn't the best opportunity because he, he was transitioning to that linebacker role for the first time. Mm. So, like, watching him kind of have to deal with the running backs and one-on-ones and, you know, stuff like that and in, in, in those passing reps were a little difficult for him. But I think there's a lot there. He's a heavy hitter. He's physical. He wants to play downhill. And I think if you can, like, really take your time with him once you get him on your team, right. make sure that you get his keys and everything else, like, get him diagnosing quickly and reading, I think you could have yourself a really good linebacker because he's big, he's strong, and he's athletic. So I, And I think the coverage ability is there. You know, because when you think about being 6'4", 6'5", and him as a spot dropper in the middle of the field, middle hook zone, you're trying to float passes over the top, good luck. Because that's right. a big body sitting over there in the middle of the field that you're going to really have to put it kind of high arcing over the top. And that takes some steam off of the pass, which allows safeties to crash down. And it's just not the best situation for a quarterback or a wide receiver. So yeah. I think he's somebody that, you know, you definitely want to get in. and He's a good developmental piece for a defense. Yeah, coaches got to be willing to be open-minded with those kind of guys, right? Matchup-based players that you want to develop and not pigeonhole them Ooh. early on, right? So I totally yes, agree with that. Only other question for you, because the Eagles are running back. They've got some questions. DeAndre Swift is an unrestricted free agent. I think they need to bolster up that committee, even if he is back. And we know Howie Roseman does not normally sign running backs to multi-year extensions. He loves to right. go value with this. So I'm sure he'll bring in another free agent, even if it's not Swift or a trade. But he hasn't drafted a running back since Kenneth Gainwell back in 2021. Were there any guys down in Mobile, maybe a day two or day three pick, more realistic for Howie compared to other teams that, you know, because every year you see a day two or day three guy become a stud at the next level, almost instantaneous. Was there a couple guys there you thought could be prospects for that type of value next year? Oh, yeah, I think, um, you know, Ray Davis from Kentucky, 5'8", 220, uh, catch the ball out of the backfield. Looks like he caught everything. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he does pretty much everything. Pass protects all of it. You know what I mean? Strong, physical, downhill runner. Uh, but has good footwork. A guy that no one's talking about a lot, but he's he's one of my guys. He's a Dame's dude, man. And that's South Dakota State's Isaiah Davis at six foot, six one, two twenty. Everybody talks about Braylon Allen, and that's fine. Being six two, two forty five, he's nineteen over from Wisconsin and everything. Former linebacker, but man, when I look at Isaiah Davis. I think putting him in the offense, what well, you think about having him back there with Jalen Hurts, where you know that backside end is not going to crash down. Yeah. This is a downhill guy, but he has quick, efficient footwork to find alternative routes, right? If you close the door, if it's inside zone, you close that A gap, he can jump cut and slide cut to the B gap. He can do those type of things. And actually, he has quicker quicker feet, and he's much more twitchy, in my opinion, than a Braylon Allen in terms of tight, short area quickness and ability to um, – to, to handle quick penetration, right? Negotiate pressure. And, and I don't, you know, I think he can do that well. Uh, I think it's Kamani Vidal, who uh, from Troy, another 5'8, five, 5'9, five, kind of muscular yeah. build young man. But you think about Blake Corum, right? And, and we talked, I remember talking to my co host, Keith Sanchez, and talking to a scout on the sidelines. Like, and the question we were asked, like, what does Blake Corum do that Vidal doesn't? And it was like, that's a fair point where you yeah. can get Vidal fifth round. Instead of drafting Blake Corum in the third and, and still have the same type of build, same type of speed, same type of um, receiving ability, right? So I think that this is a young man that, that played well um, and, and did, did some good things, man. So those are some of the backs you know, that really shine. I think Dylan Laub from New Hampshire, um, yeah. talking about the guy that arguably could play slot receiver, like his route running ability. Uh, he's not Christian McCaffrey. 
I don't I want people to not try and do that to this young man. He's more Danny Woodhead, but like I absolutely love what I saw from him down in Mobile last week. Absolutely. Damian Parson joining me right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, host of the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast, national scout also over at the Draft Network. Could listen to you talk ball all day, man. Love having you on the show, and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon before the draft. Absolutely, bro. Thanks, bro. Today's episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood is the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar that you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on that 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started now at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal information, claim as of quarter one, 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. All right. Thanks so much to Damian Parson for joining us right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Amazing work he does over at our Lockdown NFL Draft podcast and at the Draft Network. Again, the Senior Bowl, I was down there as well in Mobile. It was a loaded class on both sides of the ball. It's another good year to have multiple day one and day two picks like Howie Roseman does. He has a first round pick at 22nd overall. He has the 50th pick in round two, the 53rd overall selection. He also does have a third round pick. Four picks in the top three rounds. I would guarantee at least one or two of those guys are from the Senior Bowl. And these events, you can get a lot out of these all-star events, not just the Senior Bowl, but the East-West Shrine Game, where you know you look at like Zay Flowers came out of the Shrine Game last year, and even the CGS All-Star Game in Dallas, Gino helps run that event. Those are all huge for coaches and scouts, front office members alike to get in the nitty-gritty, get up close and personal with these prospects, get to see how they work mentally, physically, with mechanics, traits, footwork, specific drills you can put them through, one-on-ones, 11-on-11s, fours, like really see how they work. You can interview them as well. The same goes for the NFL Scouting Combine, which is a few weeks away. So these are huge, important parts of the evaluation process for the NFL draft. But what I will say is don't put 100% of your opinion on these prospects into the Senior Bowl, into the Combine, into Pro Days as well, which I didn't even mention. They're just one small piece of the entire evaluation puzzle. Like They're very important pieces of the puzzle. But remember, the tape tells all. The tape is the most important part. Teams have gotten burned all the time. I feel like on a yearly basis when they look too much into the Senior Bowl, if somebody struggled or they completely shined or a 40-yard dash for the Combine or somebody had a bad pro day or a really good pro day, you know, the circus that was, I don't know why this is the first one I thought of, but Johnny Manziel back in 2014 wearing a helmet and shoulder pads, playing music during his pro day, like the hype bought the Cleveland Browns in. I'm sure they were in already before, but you got to be really careful with these events. You don't want to put all your stock into it. It should be something that raises questions that you didn't see on tape that you saw at the pro days, at the combine, at the senior bowl. It should raise questions. Then you then go back to the tape to confirm or 
the tape doesn't show that, and you're saying, okay, it might have just been this week, it might have just been a bad 40, like he plays faster on tape. That is what these events should be used for, to help raise questions that you can then confirm or deny through tape, or you might have seen things already on tape that you know about these players, and you want to go confirm that through the Senior Bowl. Like, you can say, all right, I think this guy is a 4-6 type of player. He's probably a slot-dependent receiver, and then boom, suddenly in the 40-yard dash, he runs a sub-4-4, and you're like, okay, maybe he is faster than I thought. But you might say, okay, this guy, this is what I saw from him on tape. He struggles with this. He over-pursues too much. Um, at the line of scrimmage. And then the senior bull could show that. It can kind of confirm that, okay, this is one of his weaknesses that he needs to work on. And this is why I would grade him as a day two pick. So again, the senior bull, very important, but do take it with a grain of salt. You know, a lot of guys, I will say though, too, why it's important. Smaller school players can put themselves on the map. Like two years ago, when I was at the senior bowl, me personally, I had no idea who Tariq Woolen was. He's a cornerback from UTSA. He only played corner for a single year after switching positions from playing receiver. And boom, suddenly he's at the Senior Bowl. And I'm sure, again, a lot of scouts knew about Tariq Wollin, but you can imagine some general managers are like, and this is what I said to myself, who's the 6'3 corner over there? Who's this giant covering wide receivers? And why is he not playing edge rusher? Why is he not playing linebacker? Why is he not playing receiver? And then suddenly Tariq Wollin runs a 4'3", and then you go back to his tape, you're like, whoa, this guy really is a playmaker, even at that level of college play. And boom, Tariq Wollin is a Rookie of the Year finalist in 2022. So it can also help, you know, small school guys a lot. Not that, you know, small school guys are hidden anymore. If you're a good football player, the NFL is going to find you. I mean, look at the Eagles with how many times they've gone to the Dakotas for prospects, right? Or, you know, you look at Jeremy Chin and Kyle Duggar the one year out of Rice and FCS schools. I mean, it's it happens every single year, but these national platforms do help those small school guys as well compete with the best of the best. Because one thing about a Tariq Wollin at UTSA, it's not very often that he's going to be covering guys from Alabama or LSU, you know, top receivers from the Big Ten. It's not every day an edge rusher from North Dakota State is going to have to go up against a left tackle from Oklahoma. So that's another reason it's important. It's very important. It's a huge part of the process. But again, it shouldn't be the end-all, be-all. Don't take the Combine Senior Bowls Pro Day as gospel. Use it as a nice element to go back to the tape. Again, the tape tells all for the NFL Draft, and so many teams fall for that every single year. But shout out to Damian Parson again for joining us today. So many good prospects of the Senior Bowl that, to me, confirmed a lot of what I already knew or some guys went on my radar and raised some questions. I'm like, this guy's legit. Let me go back to the tape. Let me check out TCU receiver Jaquan Jackson. Or he mentioned Isaiah Davis from South Dakota. Like, this guy's got some power. Could he be your new RB2 in this committee? And you get a new fast running back and Isaiah Davis is your power? Like, that could be something the Eagles consider. So the Senior Bowl is very important, and uh, Parson did a great job of lining up all the prospects that won that week, especially Quinion Mitchell. Eagles fans, I think, after this show, they already were excited about Quinion Mitchell. They're going to be even more excited now. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen each and every day. We'll be back tomorrow. Gino joins me again for one more show this week. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen every day. I'm Louis DiBiase signing off as always. Thank you so much for downloading, watching, and listening, and let's go Birds.